You are listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. To learn more about CRCC, including worship times, visit us at crcconline.com. See, one of the things that's so funny is how powerful we get to when we start assuming stuff. You know, I mean, assumption is an extremely dangerous concept that we have. Like when you start assuming, things can get very, very bad quickly. In, in fact, I, I wrote down a couple of things. I'll, I'll talk about me. I'm not going to talk about you. I'll talk about me. Here's some things that I assumed earlier in life that I found out later on wasn't necessarily true. One of them was that, that I assumed that there were certain items that if I had those, they would make me happy. Anybody ever done that? Like, there's been certain things in my life that my assuming was like, you know what, man, if, if I had that, man, I mean, like, man, I, that's the jam. Like, if I've got that, like, I, I'm going to be happy if I can just get that. And I got it. And it was nice. It was fun. But you know what, like, like a lot of the things that I have gotten, a week, two weeks, two months, two years, whatever I paid for it, it ends up at a yard sale selling for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, it, it ends up, you know, we've, we've got a running joke around my house that, that I don't like to talk about my family a lot, even though I like talking about them because it's fun. But like my wife has a van. And it's funny because we joke around about it because she, she, she has a van until it gets broke. When it gets broke, I got a van. And she's like, hey, honey, you need to fix your van. I'm like, I didn't know I had a van. She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, something's wrong, right? Yeah. As soon as it's fixed, guess what? She's got a van again. I don't have a van anymore. Now, now it's her van. But it's funny how things break and deteriorate and fall apart. Even when it's something that you want, you're like, oh, if I just get this, I'm going to be happy. But the problem is some of that stuff doesn't last so if you're putting all your happiness in that, next thing you know, it's, it's fleeting. You know, another thing that I wrote down that sometimes that we assume, this is a big one. We assume that we can fix people. Anybody ever lived that one? Now, I'm, one of my rabbit trails, you know my little sayings. Like, when have we ever been called to be the fixer? You know, that, that's kind of funny to think about, isn't it? Like, nowhere in God's word does it talk about, you know, I've come and done all these things so you may have life and have life more abundantly. And, oh, by the way, I'm God and can't handle it. I need you to fill in and fix it. Like, like Fixer Upper was a reality show before it ever became a reality show. For most people, they call it life. And I want to give you a little bit of freedom today. God's never called you, nor will he call you to be the fixer. God orchestrates the, the reestablishment or the recreation of his people. He's the one. He doesn't fix it. He reestablishes it. He makes it new. See, there's a difference there. We fix stuff and it's still old and dated and breakable. He fixes stuff and the old becomes new again. But those are some of the things that we just... We just assume. We assume there's certain things out there that if we had it, we would be happy. We assume that if there's people that are messed up, well, that's okay because God's called me to be the greatest person ever and I'm going to fix them. Whether they're in my family, whether they're at my work, whether they're in my neighborhood, 
Whether it's somebody that I think is extremely, extremely attractive and I would love to like go out with them, but they've got issues, but you know what? God's called me to be their salvation, so I'm going to take them out and be a little missionary dater here, and I'm going to fix them. You catch what I'm throwing there? 90% of the time, those don't work out. Now, there is an exception, but it's amazing the things that we'll assume when we get a little bit of an idea of where we're going. In fact, here's what I wrote down. Listen to this. If knowledge is power, you ever heard that saying? You know, knowledge is power. If knowledge is power, then assuming is the catalyst to weakness. Can I say that again? If knowledge is power, then assuming is the catalyst to weakness. Because you immediately take away from the different things that you know and you just start assuming things that may or may not be true. So if knowledge is power, then assuming is the catalyst to weakness. Do you, I, I actually can show you in God's Word, and we're going to go there in just a minute, so if you're on your phone or have a tablet, if you're at home, or if you're here and you have a Bible, I want you to get your Bible, turn it with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be there in just a minute and talk about this aspect of assumption as we gear up. It's a little bit of a different message today. It's going to end a little bit differently, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But as we get ready to launch this whole summer at Crossroads, for those of you that are guests of us, number one, if we didn't tell you, it is amazing to have you here. Uh, you are loved. We are so excited to worship with you. You're not worshiping with us. We've got a privilege to worship with you. But summer around here is a really big deal. It's the second biggest deal because Christmas is our biggest deal, and it always will be our biggest deal. But summer is a huge deal. But it's amazing the things that we assume. And before I dive into God's Word, I think there's two very dangerous assumptions that we need to tackle that's going to help us understand and let you understand where we're going this whole summer. Two major assumptions. Number one, number one, we assume people know. Like one of the most dangerous assumptions out there. It's not that we think we can fix somebody. It's not that we think if we buy something, it'll make us happy. Those can, can be a little bit of a setback, but they're not really dangerous. Because with experience, you realize real quick those aren't true. But one that's extremely dangerous is the assumption that we assume that people know. You say, know what? You can fill in the blank there. We assume they know something of how to fix something. We assume that they know the difference in right and wrong. We assume they know the difference between godly and ungodly. We assume that they know about Jesus. We assume that they know biblical concepts. If you've grown up in a Christian home or if you've been attending Crossroads for a little while, I want you to know that one of the things that I've been really dealing with is I'm done assuming. Like sometimes I come up here and I'm trying to be real careful because I'm like, that's so, like I don't want to be insulting. That's so elementary. Like everybody knows that. And you know what I find out? No, everybody doesn't know that. Like we assume that people know everything that we know but yet we don't allow everybody to go on the same journey that we've been on. Let that process for a minute. We assume 
Everybody knows what we know, but we don't allow everybody to go on the same journey that God's taken us on. How does that make sense at all? But the second one, this is a tough one. Some of you are going to really, I want you to stay with me. We're going to dive into God's Word, and it's going to make a lot more sense, but stay with me. Don't let this, don't let this catch you the wrong way. But we assume time heals. We assume that time will fix things and heal things without some sort of a, of a working or changing or some sort of a, of a difference being made in our life. We've even heard people say that as a cliche, haven't we? Time has a way of healing all things. Time ain't never healed nothing. Do you know that you could, you could be doing something today and if you don't ever make an adjustment 20 years from now, you know what? You're going to be in the same exact, like, time ain't going to heal nothing. If you've got pain right now, guess what? You're going to have pain later on. I got to sit with the kids. We had a little bit of a movie night. There's no sports. Uh, I'm a little bit don't know what to do. You know it's bad when you're watching Korean Baseball League. But ESPN the other night, because there's no sports, they had a movie on. One of my favorite movies. I remember it. Cool Runnings. And I was like, that's a great movie. You're like, I don't know what that is. It's older. Some of you guys go look at it. It's on Netflix. But there's one little part. It, it's a Disney movie. There's one little part that, that John Kennedy, who has long passed away, but did a great job. And he's talking to this one guy who, who, who was trying to make it to the Olympics as a runner. And it, long story short, and he doesn't make it, but he goes as the Jamaican bobsled team. And it's actually a true story. But he makes this statement in the movie. He's talking to one of the main characters who's striving for this gold medal, who was supposed to win a gold medal in track and field and as a sprinter. And he looks at him, and he, he's having this conversation, and the guy's talking to, to John Kennedy, who had won a gold medal. And he said, easy for you to talk about because you've won a gold medal. You know what it's like. I'm sure it's the greatest thing ever. And he makes this comment. He says, if you aren't enough without the gold medal, you're not going to be enough with it. See, this aspect of what I'm talking about with, with knowledge and with time and with assuming is that, that we need to, to sometimes stop and, and hit the pause button and don't let time get by so quickly that we don't stop and see where we're going, what's going on, and then here's the tough question. And do I even like what I'm becoming? I know a lot of people that are in very tough situations that if they would have known in high school that going to that party was going to end up being a catalyst to their life of poor decisions that would lead to blah, 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 they would have never went. I know some people that, that look at their life and say, you know, if I would have known that meeting that person and starting a relationship with them, that it was going to end up with the abuse and the struggles and the, just the junk. I'd have never done it. But all of those same people have something in common. At some point in your life, you've got to stop and you've got to quit assuming and you've got to start calling it what it is and you've got to start actually looking and seeing what does God say and what does God want in your life. See, it reminds me of a summer game. 
Because if you're like me, you're going to be running, going 90 to nothing, just whoop, going through life. And we had this game growing up. I don't know if you've ever played it. Called freeze tag. Man, that thing was the jam. You, like you'd be running, going 90 to nothing, and, and somebody would touch you, and you'd just be like, ooh, and trying not to fall. Because if you fell down, then you were out. And so then you had to turn around and position yourself with your legs spread apart a little bit, and you just had to stand there. And the goal was whoever was it to try to freeze everybody while everybody's in constant motion, and then the people that are in constant motion could unfreeze you by running through your legs, which was great if you were like six foot two. But when you were my size, what that meant was you're blowing out of ACL or you're getting knocked down on a regular basis. So I learned very quickly, be fast. But it's amazing because I think that's where a lot of us are. We're going into this summer and we have been trucking. And even as a pandemic hit and made us stop, you couldn't stop. You were like a day into it and you're at Home Depot. And you're like, this is great. I can get caught up. I got all this stuff to do around the house. And I'm building a new barn. And I'm building a garden. And I'm redoing the living room. And I'm repainting the house. And I'm and you just, I can't stop. If I don't do something every day, I got to do something. Like my life is about doing stuff. And God's going, okay, but when's the last time you stop? When, freeze! And examine where you were going. Do you know this concept of assumption and stopping? It's directly out of God's word. Can I read it to you? It's in Ephesians. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. You'll see it on the screen. It says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. There is so much that's in that scripture right there. You can just leave that scripture up for a little while because I want you to look at all of it. I mean, there's a lot that's there. The first thing that you're going to notice, it, if you go back at the very beginning, verse 17, it says, now this I say, testifying the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. The concept that is there is not talking about Gentiles as a people. It's talking about ungodly people. In New Testament, Jesus is now on the scene. Paul is writing this to the, to the church in Ephesus. And he's sitting there and he's trying to tell them, you know, you must not walk as the ungodly, but walk as the godly. But what he's talking about is not walking. What he's talking about is the way they're living. What he's saying is you can't just keep going in life, doing the things you do. You got to hit a stop button. Literally what he's saying is freeze. Stop. Freeze. Take a picture of your life and look at it. When's the last time you froze, you stopped, you took a picture, and you looked at it? And you asked yourself, being brutally honest, what does it say? I'm not talking about being critical. Oh, my goodness, i got to learn to stick my chin out. My, i got too many chins. Oh, that's my bad side. Oh, I need to put a little bit of a filter on this. Oh, the lighting. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about vanity. 
I'm talking about purpose. I'm talking about blessings. I'm talking about what God desires for you. I'm not talking about things that can fade. If there's anything that you look at in your picture and it can fade, you're looking at the wrong thing. If it's something that can be completely changed very quickly, then you're looking at the wrong thing. Well, I've, I, I've put on a little weight. Everybody puts on weight. It's called being human. I don't know of anybody that when they get to be 50 years old, they look like they were 17 years old. That's not what I'm talking about. A lot of you just like, woohoo! I love my pastor. That's what I'm talking about. Now go get some pie, you know? Oh, well, I've got a little bit of gray. That's why I go and spend money and color my hair. Listen, you be you. But those aren't the things that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that are going to be there long after you're gone. Your legacy. Your testimony. Your children to their children and their children. The stories and the memories they're going to say about you. See, that's what I love about summertime. Is summertime's usually the ultimate stop button, isn't it? Like, I, I'm going to give you a challenge, even though you're coming off this whole COVID. Like, I want to encourage all of you, like, this summer, like, I encourage you to do something to stop and take a vacation. I don't mean you got to go to the beach. You may do a staycation and be at the house. And for some of you, you ready? You don't hear this every day. Some of you, that's going to mean that you don't be here on Sunday morning. You say, what do you say about that? Good. Because sometimes you need to stop and make memories. And you need to get away. And you get rejuvenated. Now, our prayer is that you find that here. If you remember in the beginning, I prayed about how God recreates stuff. You know, you have a word that you use. You know what the action of recreating? Maybe you've heard this word before. It's called recreation. It's the action of recreating. I encourage you this summer to spend some time recreating. Enjoying the people that you love. That's what I love about summer. I encourage you to, to in the middle of life, even though you feel like you're trying to get cranked up because you made it to be stopped, you didn't stop. But I encourage you to stop with a purpose. I encourage you, like we joke around with, like I want to tag you today and say, Frozen! Like we're playing a ginormous game of freeze tag, and I'm going, boop, you're frozen. Now stop, look at the picture, and examine it. That's what he was telling them. He said, you can't just be like these Gentiles, just keep on living. Walking the way they walk. Not even looking, like you got to stop. And he talks about what they are. He talks about why they're like that. He's actually describing ungodly people. He says, in their futility of their mind. Now, another word for futility is pointless. They're pointless. They don't, they don't even have a purpose. They are darkened in their understanding. Remember I talked about knowledge a minute ago? Alienated from the love of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Again, we're talking about knowledge. The key to ungodly people, and I'm not talking about, don't mishear me. I, we love people. But the issue is, is that they're ignorant to godly things. You say, how do you handle that? I got a little phrase for you. Ready? I don't expect ungodly people to act godly because they don't know. Just like I don't accept godly people acting ungodly. 
Because they do know. Because if you have knowledge and you never address the knowledge and start applying it to your life, then that means you lack wisdom. You don't have discernment. And now we're starting to talk about spiritual gifts that are in your life. So I want you to start looking at the things God's teaching you and taking that knowledge and applying it. But then listen to what he says. This is so good. He says, due to their hardness of heart, they become callous. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20, listen to these words. But that is not the way with you learned Christ. Then here's the word. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Even Paul in his writing is talking to this church and he's basing it on assumption. I want you to know that this summer we aren't going to assume anything. That's the reason why it's so important to me, for us, not you, for us, me included, to get into this double blessing. I believe it's, it's three weeks. It's three weeks. It's 17 days. Starting tomorrow. On the 18th day, you will meet with me in the little theater, if you're meeting with me, and we will put a cap on it. And I promise on that 18th day, you're going to go, mm, buddy, I did not know how quickly things could change if I froze, stopped for a moment, and received. But we're not going to assume that everybody knows anymore. We're going to preach biblical truths like we always have. But we're going to approach people with the understanding, you know what? If they don't know, I want to make sure they do. Why? Well, because listen to what it says. I'm going to start back in 21. Assuming that you have heard about him, and we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to tell people. And we're taught in him. We're not going to assume. We're going to actually teach it. That the truth is in Jesus. And then listen to what it says. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed, here's that word, recreate, in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, which was created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, I think some people struggle because they have this concept that they say, you know what, I want God to be a part of my life, but I want to do things the way I've always done them. Like, I want something greater for myself, something more, more, like, I know God wants to bless me. Remember this? I know that he's with me. I know that he's for me. I know that he wants to bless me. But I don't know why I'm not seeing it. I know that he told me if I have the faith of a mustard seed, I can look at the mountain and it'll say move and it'll cast itself in the sea. But I'm looking at the mountain and I'm not speaking to it. I'm talking about it and I never see it move. See, you want to keep the old self and bring it in and you want to just put a new shirt on and be like, woohoo, I'm good. And what I want you to know is that we've got to stop. We've got to pause and we've got to say, you know what? There's something God has for you that he wants to take that old self, as Scripture says, that former life, and he wants to bring you into a, to a new life. Now, the cool thing about the new life is it's the life that was originally intended for you in the garden. See, if you cross-reference this where it talks about likeness of God, 
You can actually cross-reference that all the way back to the beginning, the very beginning in Genesis when God creates man and he creates him in the likeness of God. See, what this scripture is talking about is a concept of going back to be what you were originally created to be. You know what you find there? You find out a lot more about God and who he was because you become like him. You also find a whole lot of freedom back there because all of a sudden you're not comparing yourself to everybody else because why are you going to compare yourself to everybody else when all of a sudden now you're like, like this is the way he's created you to be. And you're going to find your purpose. And with that purpose, you're going to discover not only your purpose, but how you can go and make a difference. So here's what I want to do today. I want to hit a pause button. You say, is this message done? No, it's to be continued. We're going to pick up in Ephesians because it gives you some major, major concepts. Some of you, now, now some of you are like my little, you know, ADHD kids like myself, and you're like, you're going to go read that. Hey, I encourage you, go ahead, go read it. Just make sure you're reading your double blessing before you, you know, don't, don't miss out on that. But it gives you some things that you're going to see. But we don't have time today because, because I, now that I've kind of told you a little bit, now we've got to figure out, like, like, how are we doing this? How are we going to take a picture and examine it? How are we going to stop? What's going to be the reminder? we got all kinds of stuff fixing to hit. You're going to get reminders even as you leave today. In fact, right after you leave, we are dropping the most bodacious church put together playlist that you will ever have in your life that you're going to be listening at around the pool. But you're going to be playing this riding around in your vehicle. And you're going, first thing you're going to do, now I've got to chase this rabbit because I need to go ahead and bury this before some of you start texting me. It's not just a ton of worship songs. Like, we've intentionally got some stuff in there that, man, I'm telling you, you're going to be like, mm, yeah, that my jam back in the day. Like, you put some skates on these feet, baby, I was swinging that leg going around a circle, baby. And we got some that even you guys are going to be like, oh, man, that came out recently. I made a TikTok to that. But we got something for everybody. Like, it is the most, I mean, it, it covers everything. Because we want you to stop. We want you to freeze. We want you to take a picture. We want you to examine it. We want you to go through this summer where we don't assume anymore. And we start actually going and getting what God wants. You say, Mickey, how do we bring that home? Well, when I think about freeze, when I think about a picture, when I think about looking at it, I have something that comes to my mind. You got that last little tidbit? Maybe this is a good summer theme. Wait for it. Huh? Freeze frame! We're talking about a freeze frame. What was a freeze frame? A freeze frame back in the day, dude, like everybody was taking these pictures where they were running through life and you would try to catch them right in the middle. You're like, Kish! you know? And we did it with these things called Polaroid cameras. You couldn't just delete it. 
Like you would spend $25 trying to get one stupid picture, because, and you'd look at it and be like, no. Of course, you had to wait about 10 minutes for it to develop in the sun. See, you guys are spoiled. You have no idea, man. You just, like, you can just go, oh, yeah, this is great. This is the perfect shot. It took us two days to get the perfect shot. Took us a week to be able to record the stupid song off the radio so we could, I mean, man, to be a teenager in today's time, there would be no chance of me ever being a pastor. (laughs) But with that being said, God is gracious, and we're going to hit a freeze frame, and you're going to do it with us, and we're going to have a ball. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to experience other talks, visit us at crcconline.com.